0: Hey everybody, welcome to another inspiring message recorded live at Eagles Nest Church. We believe that what you're about to hear will encourage your soul, enrich your spirit, and expand the vision God has for your life. Now, get ready to soar with today's special guest speaker. Well, we have been uh, celebrating Advent. Uh, Advent is a four-week celebration of the anticipation of the messiah our lord and savior jesus christ Uh, week one of advent we talked about hope elder benny tate brought the word and uh encouraged us to have hope last week i talked about peace how in a world of chaos you can still have peace But the world gives us a peace that typically doesn't last, but God gives us a peace that passes all understanding. So I am hoping that whatever is going on in your life, that you have the peace that God gives and not the peace that the world gives. Well, today we're going to talk about joy. And I want to be uh, preaching today, I'm going to be receiving today because Elder Andre Blythe is going to be uh, bringing us the word of God and he's going to be talking about this incredible word called joy. We're gonna find out what does it mean to really have joy in our lives. And joy is a huge word when it comes to the Christmas season because we sing about it all the time. But do we really know what joy means? So I want you to help me to give a big round of applause to one of our most esteemed leaders and elders, Elder Andre Blythe.
1: Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Lee, for this privilege to be able to speak to God's people. I'm excited to talk about joy, because joy is one of those things that people misunderstand. Joy is something that people think it means that you have to be jumping around uh, happy all the time. But there are true differences between joy and happiness. So let's go to God in prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word I'm excited, God, and humbled to have this opportunity. And we ask right now, Father, that you would just open every ear, eye, heart, and mind to receive what it is you have to say today. Touch those that are with us attending from home and those that are here in in the house today. We love you. We bless you. And give your name glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, Welcome to Eagles Nest Church, and I'm excited to be here. You know, one thing I was looking at as I started studying, I was thinking about the number of songs that are out there that talk about happy, that happy is in the title in some way. And I looked at Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. You all know that song? Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it, note for no, don't worry. What are you supposed to do? Be happy. All right. And then Happy Feelings by Frankie Beverly and Mays. Yeah, see, I knew. Yeah, yeah, you y'all slow dancing on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you remember that song. Well, I'm not going to try to sing that. That was in my earlier tenor days. I can't quite hit that note anymore. But then also Happy by Pharrell. You know, he's talking about, you know, sing along. If you're, if you're a room without a roof, you should be happy, right? Well, guess what? Happy is not everything is cut out to be. You know, happy, these songs are all great to sing and dance to, but what about when happiness is being pursued and you're expecting happiness, but yet you don't have favorable circumstances, What happens to your emotions then? And what we really realize is that there's one thing that we realize, and that is that happiness really depends on happenings. So whatever is happening in your life, so I like being happy just like anybody else. You know, getting a raise, that makes me happy. (laughs) Getting a bonus makes me happier. Getting promoted makes me the happiest. So I I like being happy too, but what happens when your situation or your circumstance doesn't allow you to have a favorable outcome? What happens is, truly, and you know this to be factual yourself, is that our happiness dissipates. It's almost like a vapor. It just goes away because our circumstances and our situations no longer deem us to be happy. Well, Jesus Christ left us with a great gift, and that is the gift of joy. And so I want to again speak to you today from the topic, the gift of joy. Now, before we go into our scripture, I want to give you a little bit of a background on John 15. John 15 is the parable of the vineyard. Jesus is teaching that God is the vine dresser and that Jesus is the vine and that we are the branches. And he talks about us abiding in him and his word abiding in us and us asking what we will and him giving it to us. But he also says, if you don't abide in me, that you cannot be part of the vine. So that gives us a little backdrop as we get ready to share this one particular scripture in John 15, verse 11, in the New Living Translation. He says, I have told you these things So that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How many of you want overflowing joy in here today? Oh, no. The rest of you want to be happy. No, no. Joy is what you need. And I'm going to show you in just a minute. See, joy is different than happiness. I remember my late mom going around the house, especially when she was cleaning up on Saturdays, she would be singing about unspeakable joy. And, you know, and I couldn't relate to that. I was a teenager, so I'm trying to figure out what she's singing about. Why is she so full of this joy? And then she would sing uh, Dr. Shirley Caesar's song, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it Away, Anybody know that song? Yeah, yeah. But what happens when situations and circumstances get in our way? But see, joy is being able to see Jesus in the middle of your situation and circumstance. That's what joy is. So you may think joy means I'm exhilarated. I'm having this wonderful feeling. No, you can still be in your trauma or in your tragedy, but you can still have joy. And see Jesus right in the middle of that circumstance or situation. Secondly, joy is remaining encouraged despite circumstantial impacts. Let me give you a little story. A true story that happened to me. So six years ago, I'm diagnosed with what is called obstructive sleep apnea. And that means that when I go to sleep, especially on my back... That my tongue goes backwards and blocks my airway. And so I stopped breathing up to 20 times an hour. How many of you know breathing is essential? (laughs) So because I was in that particular situation my pulmonologist said you have obstructive sleep apnea and I want to prescribe you a CPAP machine. I don't know how many of you have had the luxury of sleeping with a CPAP machine or carrying it on my business trips. You know, I've got my luggage and everything, my backpack, and then I got that little gray bag. And everybody knows what that little gray bag means. I have to put it through security so they can look at my little gray bag. But I was determined. I was really upset one night. I woke up like five or six times and I threw that mask across the room And I said, Lord, there's got to be a better way. And I've been praying for six years that he would heal me and remove the need for this CPAP machine. So I made an appointment with a doctor that would do uh, this uh, sleep apnea surgery called the Inspire uh, procedure, where they would make an incision here to connect to your tongue and then put an implant here. And then you'd have to have a remote to turn it off and on when you go to sleep when you wake up. That's how desperate I was. But on the 27th of November, I had the sleep study. I had to stay over. I had more wires on me than a car. You know, they were checking out everything while I was asleep. Two days later, I go to my pulmonologist, and she looks at the results, and she's saying, she's speechless. She can't explain what she's seeing. Well, she said, I don't want to tell you anything. Go to the ENT who would be doing the procedure, the ear, nose, and throat doctor. So I went on December the 4th. He looks at my report, and he said, look, yes, I do these procedures. I'm very good at these procedures. But let me tell you something. You do not need that procedure. That's, That's the first thing. Oh, but see, that's not even the shouting news. He said, not only do you not need the procedure, you no longer need that CPAP machine at all. Look at God. Look at God. So you want to talk about joy. The joy was already on the inside. But my joy was based on not my situation or circumstances. See, I had to carry that thing around for six years. And you know, when I re- wanted to reach over and kiss Leslie, I couldn't do it because my mask was on. I had to take the thing off just to get a good night kiss. But now God has set a brother free. Yeah. Yeah. So, you see, if I was just depending on pe- being happy, I would not have depended on God. See, I was depending on God for his ability How many of you in here know that God is able? He is able to save me. He's able to keep me. He's able to heal me. He's able to restore me. He's able to deliver me. Somebody go shout it here. He's able to feed me. He's able to provide for me. And he brought me a mighty load six years being on a plane, going on my business trips, being at home, my son walking by the room saying, Dad, don't forget to put on your mask because he was afraid that I might not keep breathing. No longer since December 4th, the night of December 4th, homeboy been sleeping without that machine. Thank you, Lord. See, the world didn't give me that joy. And what kept me going was joy on the inside regardless of what was happening on the outside. That's what I want to talk to you about today. So Nehemiah 8:10 after they had really rebuilt the wall in Jerusalem, he said, "Listen. I Nehemiah continued and he said, "Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods. I think he was talking about peach cobbler there <laughs> and, and and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. Go to the next verse. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know who I'm talking to today. You got something in your life that's got you dejected or sad, but be encouraged, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. So today I want to walk you through a Christmas story that reflects how God's joy shows up in the middle of jealousy and chaos and all types of uncertainty. We're going to go to Matthew chapter number 2, and we're going to go through verses 1 through 12, but we're going to go through it slowly, just a couple of verses at a time. So let's look at verse 1 and 2. Matthew 2, verse 1 through 2. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So in the middle of uncertain times, these wise men had joy. And there were two things that you should see there. First of all, the wise men's inquiry. They were like, we know by scripture that something should be happening. We saw the star. So they inquired about where the star was and where this king is so that we could worship him. But secondly, look at their intent. They said, we want to find this king of the Jews so that we can worship him. When you're looking for joy, brothers and sisters, don't make it just about you. Make it about the one that can give you joy. So when you're inquiring of the Lord, don't just say, heal me and walk away. Talk about if you heal me, God, this is what I'm going to do. And in the middle of waiting on the healing, go ahead and express joy because that shows dependence on God. Amen? Amen. So let's look at verse 3 and 4. So it says, King Herod was deeply disturbed. King Herod was not a good brother. When he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? So what we really see here at the heart is King Herod's insecurity. Because during that time, no one, there could be one king in place from a a civil standpoint. But this king was going to be the king of the Jews, another king from a spiritual standpoint. But King Herod was jealous, he was wicked, and he was like, look, I don't want no other king up in here, up in here. (laughs) So he was trying to find out what's happening here. Who is this king that you're talking about? He's disturbed when he heard the news because he was jealous and afraid. Well, the story continues. Let's look at verses 5 and 6. They said, in Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler, someone say a ruler, will come from you who will be the shepherd of my People Israel. So, what they were actually quoting was Micah chapter number five, verse two. This was prophecy. So, we see the chief priests and the scribes' inference. They are referring King Herod back to the scripture. And I can imagine King Herod is probably there scratching his head because he's a worldly king and not a spiritual king. So, he could not really relate to that situation, but also you can take joy in knowing that if God has already put something in Scripture, brothers and sisters, it will come to pass. I think it was Dottie people say, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. So don't give up on joy. Don't give up on what you've been waiting for because God's timing is not our timing. Amen? All right, so the plot is about to thicken. Stay tuned. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. The significant. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back And tell me so that I can go and worship him too. (laughs) King Herod was probably winking when he said that because he had no intention on worshiping. I need to unpack this one a little bit. So King Herod's inquiry was, hey, wise man, come here, let me talk to you on the side. Then his instructions were, go and find him. And when you do, his insolence is his disrespect. Then tell me so I can go worship him too. A couple of things to call out here. As you read further in chapter number two of Matthew, you'll find that King Herod had no plans on worshiping Jesus. What he had plans to do was to wipe Jesus out. That's why he wanted to know. And if you really want to know uh, why they're calling him a child, they're not calling him the baby in swaddling clothing because the time between when the star appeared to when they were about to find Jesus was about two years. This was not right away. So he was like, let me know so I can go worship him too. you're saying, Elder Andre, how do you know that they were about to wipe Jesus out? Again, when you read the rest of Matthew 2, you'll see that Herod was upset, and he sent out a decree to say to kill every male child two years old or younger because he didn't know the exact timing or the exact age, but he's saying just to make sure you wipe this kid out, I want you to kill every single male. He did not want to go worship. But look at verse number nine. Verse nine says, after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. How many of you know that if you just wait on God, And just look for his signs, the things that he's telling you through prayer, through worship, through your fasting, that God will show you the way. So the wise man's insightfulness was that they chose to follow the star of Jesus rather than listening to a worldly king. So they didn't use GPS, they used IPS, inspired positioning system, not global positioning system. They went by the Spirit to find where Jesus was going to be. Amen. So now, because they listened to uh, God and followed the prophecy, followed the star, now they're about to have joy. Now, keep in mind... Outward joy, that is. They already had inward joy because they were inquisitive. They were following after what they knew had happened and what the Scripture had said. And I want to uh, pause for a second to encourage you. Make sure that you have intrinsic joy because that is what's going to keep you going. There are not always going to be times where you're going to be happy. You're not, favorable circumstances don't happen all the time, but you can have joy all the time. Again, I had joy for six, a little over six years waiting on my deliverance, not because I believed the doctors were going to do something, but I believed that if it was going to be done, that Jesus was going to do it. Amen. So look at verse number 10. When they saw the star... They were filled with joy. So when you look at this, you see the wise men's great joy. Again, the intrinsic joy drove them, but now that they actually see the star where the child is, now their joy is outward. See, that's the difference. See, you need internal joy to drive you, and external joy will be the expression of what has been driving you the entire time. But it took obedience. It took obedience for them to find Jesus and to continue full of joy on their search. Let's look at verse number 11. The story goes on to say, They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Wow. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh. Wow, so look at the wise men's adoration and their offering. They worshiped and gave gifts to the gift from God. And one thing we must remember when we're pursuing joy and pursuing Jesus is that we must be prepared every day not just on Sunday, to worship him, to worship him, believing who he is, to adore him without asking for a thing. God, if you don't bless me another further, I am going to worship you for waking me up this morning, for starting me on my way, for giving me the activity of my limbs so I can see with my eyes, walk with my legs and my feet. I thank you, God, for how things are. And if you don't ask him for a thing, that's enough right there, yes. getting up to worship him. But then worship should lead you to give. And I'm not just talking giving financially. Even though they gave some really good gifts, the gift God wants from you this Christmas has nothing to do with your finances. Yes, we, they want that too. He wants that too. But he also wants you. When we give ourselves over and over to the king and worship him, it builds up the joy on the inside of us. Let's look at verse number 12. When it was time to leave, they reentered, they re- returned, I'm sorry, to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So that's the wise men's inspired intellect. Because they were walking with God, because they had intrinsic joy. They had just experienced external joy. They were listening and in tune with the Father. See, when you're walking close with Jesus, you can hear him. You hear the Holy Spirit telling you which way to go, which way not to go, when to sit down and be quiet. But when we're far away from the Spirit of God, we can't follow that inspired intellect. We, we lean to our own understanding. And in all our ways, we acknowledge ourselves and we direct our own path. Well, that's the, verse, that's the reverse of the scripture. We need to wait on God. And when we wait on God, we will have inspired intellect and experience joy unspeakable. Anybody any experience joy in here today? Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. So when we look at this story on joy and what Jesus said, Jesus said again, these things I've told you in verse chapter J- John chapter 15, these things I told you so that your joy will be full and your joy will remain. He's saying that everything that I left you should be what drives you. Everything that I left you is the reason why you should have joy. It's easy to want to give up, guys. But Christmas should be a reminder of the joy that we have because of the love of God. And if you're having trouble remembering how to retain that intrinsic joy, I want to close with a passage that is in my favorite New Testament book of the Bible. And that's in the book of Philippians. And you might ask, why is this your favorite book of the Bible? It's not going to be on the screen. I'm going to share it with you Not because I memorized it, but because I've lived it. Paul was in a Roman jail under house arrest, and he wrote a book about joy. All four chapters of Philippians is about joy. And you're wondering how... Elder Andre, how can I have the intrinsic joy that keeps me going until God manifests the outward joy? I'll tell you exactly what Paul told them in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand meaning the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Chill. For by everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God as a result, which surpasses all understanding. The joy that you have isn't understandable by the word will guide your heart and your mind by, through, in Christ Jesus. Finally, my brother, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is a good report, think on these things. Clear your mind. Get the enemy out of your mind and replace it with the intrinsic joy that you should have because Jesus is going to answer your prayer. Amen, come on, give him praise for that. Amen. Joy comes from knowing that we have a savior who, while we were still sinners, died for us. That alone, verse Romans 5:8, that verse I just quoted should be enough to inspire us with joy because while we weren't right, Christ died for us anyway. That's the Blythe transla- translation. You have your own reason. If you look back into the rearview mirror of your mind, you can think about all the times that God came through. God has a great resume with you. So there's not a moment, there's not a minute where you should allow the enemy to squash the internal joy that's on the inside of you. And because of that joy, you can say, I'm free. You can say, no matter what he does, I'm going to be all right. Even if God, let me just tell you this, even if God had not delivered me, from having to use the CPAP, I will still have intrinsic joy. Because the machine is doing a job, but the Spirit of God is doing the job. Yeah. So whether I was freed from the machine or not, I'm still going to have joy. As you can tell by the smile on my face, that this joy is authentic. Are There are times where I want to throw things out the window. Absolutely, I'm just like you. But then I remember whose child I am. And that fills me with joy. Come on, give God <laughs> praise in this place. Thank you, Lord. But the ultimate joy can be experienced by you today. The Bible tells us in Luke 15 that the angels in heaven... Or shouting, and they're joyful, and they're throwing a party, when one person decides to give their life to Jesus. I wonder if you would like to have a party thrown on your behalf today, in heaven, if you receive Jesus today as your Savior and Lord, the party is going to get started. I want to walk you through a prayer, and I I want to encourage you also to hold on to the joy. I know it's hard. Again, some of you heard my testimony about my wife's uh, parents. But even in the midst of that, there's joy because they belong to Jesus. Let's pray. And if you pray this prayer after me, you're going to have joy also. Father, repeat after me, please. Everyone pray this prayer. Father, I come to you today realizing that I need a Savior. I pray that you would cleanse me by the blood of Christ. Right now I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that God, you raised Jesus from the dead. So now I am saved. Fill me with that intrinsic joy no matter my circumstances, and I will always give you the praise and the glory. Father, I also pray for those that are struggling with joy. They're your children, God, but they're feeling a little dejected and sad. I pray right now that you will remove that right now. Remind them, God, of the joy that they should have on the inside, knowing that you're their heavenly father knowing that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that they may ask or think according to the power that is within them we love you we honor you we praise you in jesus name let every heart say amen 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 come on give god a hand clap of praise welcome back We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you'd like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagle's Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word, eaglesnestchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week. If you're ever in the Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Until next time, Eagles!